selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Happy second year, second week of the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel like it right now, but I, I don't even know what feels like it's supposed to be. So, you know, it's what yeah, it is. I think it's just starting slow. Uh, I, I feel like... It usually does just because it's coming out of the holidays. Everybody's yeah. still kind of like dragging their feet. It's really hard to just jump right back into to work mode. I feel like I had my moments last week, but this, yeah. this week I, I I told myself I was just like, all right, let's let's switch it back on. And then, you know, because January, I feel like is 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 very busy, but it's mm-hmm. not like it doesn't feel busy because, you don't the people don't see a lot of the things, but it's very yeah. busy behind the scenes in terms of like development and planning and stuff. So. I think I, it's and it's crazy because I jumped back in, like, hit the ground running. I got – we had to film Squadcast Day. We have to do – in between that break, I was finding my clothes. I have to do, like, three damn outfit changes for one audition. Right. Um, then we do film this. Uh, I had a I had a fitting today. I booked that Abbott Elementary role. Nice. Thank you. So I had to go to Warner Brothers lot, film – I mean, do the fitting, come back, Squadcast – Find clothes for audition, do this. After we finish this, I got to film the audition that I found the clothes for and uh-huh. then go to a, another physical audition. Like, they're starting to call people back in. That's so ghetto. Today? Uh, yeah. At, at four. So finish here at, at 2.30. Uh-huh. Uh, do the audition for 15 minutes. Hop in the car, drive to South La Brea. So I'm going to be in that traffic. And then leave from there, go to Memorial for Boogie B. Recipes to homie. And then uh, I got dinner plans with Brennan um, right after that. So it's going to be a full-ass day. Full a, ass day. That is a full fucking day. Man, congratulations on the Abbott Elementary. I said Thank I, you. said I could you. definitely see you as like a teacher or like a principal or something <laughs> in there. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Very much looking forward to it, man. So, you know, we we, we, we working. We hit the ground working. And it's oh, so yeah. crazy because I, I did that audition. Man, I probably did that audition – Second week of December. I think we were in Orlando, Florida, and I did that audition. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew they were going to call me back because I, um, I had to use, like, glasses. And the only glasses I had to actually see, they were, like, rose-colored tent glasses. 
I had just got from Landscrafter. So mm-hmm. I'm doing these, this audition. I had to apologize in the emails like, hey, I don't normally do auditions with glasses on. These are actual, you know, prescription glasses. All my other glasses were ruined and I'm waiting on uh, new contacts. I got an eye infection. So I apologize. Mm-hmm. And I, I just expected to hear nothing from them because, mm-hmm. you know, because of that. And then they hit me back. Um, I think like last week, like Friday mm-hmm. last week, I was like, oh, shit. You're like the character has rose tinted glasses. <laughs> <laughs> it's your lucky day. That's lit. Yeah, yeah, man. So we here though. We are. We out here. Uh-huh. Big, big, big shit. That's a that's pretty big Monday news. I feel like um, Monday. I, do you think that your your schedule has changed in the new year? Like, or have you kind of like adjusted it? in terms of like having setting days aside in terms of like a Sunday or a Monday, kind of like to get everything done before every, before the wave of the week hits. Um, I feel like my schedule has changed. Um, I know this year what I want to do and I've changed my mindset, which is in turn going to change my schedule. Like mm-hmm. I want to book a big role on something so mm-hmm. that's going to require me to take less opportunities to like do other podcasts and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i can focus on my craft and like really study this, these scripts as they come and really put the time and the effort and the energy into these auditions because the more i book these things the more it will help me get to where i want to be so it um it's, it's, it's just going to that's going to change my schedule because I'm not going to be doing the other things. just ripping and running, basically staying busy uh, just to be doing something. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be focusing more and trying to stay grounded and centered more so I can, you know, do what I really want to do. And um, I put something out the other day. I'm looking for a producer to help me produce, uh, basically book, help me book uh, wording is hard. Cause I want to bring that back this year and yeah. also bring back Zuma with the homies. So, um, and outside of that, I really don't want to do anything. Like, I don't want to do anything that's going to take my emphasis and my my uh, attention away from those three endeavors, like bringing back those two shows and becoming a real actor. Like, I'm an actor now, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I want, like, I want to be a household name. So I got to start putting in the work that that that's that is going to require. Mm-hmm. So, how about you? That's a that's a, it's good to like know when to save yourself because we're just mm-hmm. so used to like spreading ourselves thin and being like, oh, yeah. okay, we got a chunk of time. Let me do something completely different here or like work on this. But it is good to know when to save yourself too. Um, I think yeah, time management is going to be a huge thing for me this year because I just kind of like have learned to I've learned how to multitask and I learned how to juggle stuff so well that you know. I'm just stacking it when more more and more things come. So I think that just between, you know, time management and, you know, having people actually letting people help help me, like getting an assistant and stuff like that. And really just like want to work on discipline in a lot of ways, wow. a lot of ways, just because I feel like the positions that, you know, I want to go to require a level of discipline in areas that I, I'm not sure if I have yet. So I have to kind of like almost like train train in a bunch of ways other other than just you know what we're used to which is just work a lot and and put out a lot you know bro it's so interesting you say that because this morning i was meditating on 
a friend of mine hit me up and asked me what I want from the new year that she can pray for. And so I gave her what I wanted. And then she went more into detail. And I gave her those answers. Then she went more into detail. And I was like, man, she's really on it. Gave her those answers. And then she prayed for me via vo voice note in Instagram. So she sent like six of them, like, wop, wop, wop. And I told her, I was like, yo, I listened to each one. I thanked her for it. I said, I'm in agreement with you. And I, I, I echo the same sentiments. But one, you usually don't get people to do that. They say, I'm going to pray for you. And you hope in some time of their spare time, they, they do it. Right. But um, it just it just switched me up because she said something in the prayer. Because I told her, I was like, I don't want to just advance and, and gain prosperity on my career. I want to do it in my, my mental and my emotional realm as well because I want to be ready for the aforementioned things that I asked for. Mm. And it got me to thinking on, and this is, I think, a perfect topic for like this, the beginning of the new year. We want things sometimes that we're not ready for. Right. All the time. I would love to be the face of a show, like, you know, number one on the call sheet. But honestly, Mentally, I got some things I need to get ready for. Financially, I need to, I got some things I need to get ready for. And also physically. Like, I don't want to be just the funny fat guy next door. Mm -hmm. I want to look like a leading star. I want to look and carry myself and dress like the leading star. And mm -hmm. that is not to say that somebody can't be heavyset and be a leading star because Kevin James proved that you can do it. But mm -hmm. what I want is to look a certain way and I'm not there yet. And mm -hmm. I have to accept that I'm not there yet and work toward getting there if I say I want my life to change this year. So I mm -hmm. have to instill that discipline. I have to start eating better. I have to start going back to the gym. I have to cut out alcohol as much as I've been drinking it so I can get to that place. So I am ready when those doors do open. Mm -hmm. So if, I, if they were to give me something tomorrow, I mean, I would take it. And I know a lot of people probably think, well, when you got more money, then you can just do different things. You can, you can, you can, you can drop the weight faster because you can hire a personal trainer. But it's like if you don't have that discipline to go to the gym, my gym is, is on my facility, so I have no reason to leave. Mm -hmm. If I don't have the discipline to get up and do it on my own, when the money comes, I'm going to be just as lackluster and unmotivated to do it. Right. I'm gonna have more money to waste. But if I don't already have that discipline to steal. Mm-hmm. Before I get those blessings, right? I'm not I'm not going to appreciate them to the full capacity that I could. And I, when you were saying that, I just that's like, true. man, that's I was literally meditating on that today. That's hella true. I feel like because like when we when you dream big or when you have big goals, that's a big step that you kind of just want right away. We don't think about like conditioning ourselves to even mm -hmm. hold that kind of thing, you know, and that's why that's why sometimes people just get kind of like swept in. It up in their own spotlight because uh -huh. they may get uh, access to something or get a, a schedule that they can't handle or they're not uh -huh. mentally ready for it. It's, it's hard to go from just regular life to just full, full throttle, you know, like being taken everywhere mm -hmm. if you're not mentally prepared for that. So I think that it's, it's smart because you never know when it's going to happen. It's kind of one mm -hmm. of those things that's just up to when it's up to. Um, but if you, if, if, you know, you take the time right now and kind of just at least start the process, it won't be yeah. just like, it won't smack you in the face if it does happen out of nowhere, you know? Yeah. And if it's, and if it's, you know, something that you're actually gradually working towards, it is possible that you see it coming. So, you know, you'll be ready for it. Yeah.
Hell yeah, man. Motivation. We out here, guys. You know what I'm saying? A little gym talk from, from the homies over at uh, Damn Internet Too Scary. Right. <laughs> but, but we got um, right? what we looking like. Man, it's not all motivational. <laughs> it is a little scary also. Uh, this is, I mean, I feel like we talk about robots taking over a, a lot. <laughs> I feel like that's a common uh, fear and topic of us. But we don't really talk about the other things that robots could be doing. And th this this is creepy in a, in, a, in a new type of way. This headline says the world's first, quote, robot lawyer will be defending a human in court next month. Yeah. <laughs> Did you check that out? Yeah. Yeah. I remember because they just posted it again. But I remember when I first read about that and mixed feelings, of course. Um but at the same time, it's like if this robot has the knowledge of all the stuff they study in law school, he knows all of the the, the cases and they program them to like respond to someone's argument based on these cases. That motherfucker has all of the knowledge, whereas we as humans, we digest that stuff. We remember the ones that really stand out in most cases, but the obscure ones. Mm -hmm. probably will you know fall out they're not going to be in your your core memories so this robot can pull everything and that's great i just wonder if it's going to be like just the robot or the robot here's all the information and as a response somebody there that's working a robot can pick through one or six options of which way to go with the response well it's it's <laughs> it's funny because like all the reasons that you said uh, would make the lawyer good is like perfect for information wise, but I feel like you kind of need that human like deviance to mm -hmm. sort of know how to flip words and not learn how to get certain things off just because I feel like a, a robot that's designed and approved by the law would be super by the book and like super by the law. The, that would be the first one to tell you like, oh, you're going to jail. Like that great clearly, area, yeah. You know, you're yeah. clearly guilty as opposed to <laughs> the, the dude who's like, oh, I know how, to, I can get this off, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it says that a court hearing in February is set to make history when the defendant is advised by artificial intelligence. The technology stems from the company Do Not Pay, Do Not Pay Law, founded in 2015, by a then Stanford University freshman that was initially developed to appeal parking tickets. This nigga blew up since 2015 uh, from parking tickets to human beings. Uh, however, this technology was designed in a chat format where the bot would process, would proceed with questions to learn the details of your case, such as were you or someone you know driving or was it hard to understand the parking signs? A little sass in it. After it analyzes your answers, the robot decides if you qualify for an appeal. If yes, it will generate an appeal letter that can be brought to the courts. A similar format will be used in the February court case, but will listen to the conversations between the prosecutor and the defendant to advise its client on what to say next. Mm. The AI, however, was trained on factual statements to minimize legal liability. Okay. Yeah, they're basically so, saying so, if you go to jail, yeah, it ain't gonna be on our fault. Say so legalize that liability that falls back on them. My thing is that it sounds like that the 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 robot is gonna be listening and then telling the defendant 
what to say. So they're actually not represented by another person or their robot as mm-hmm. far as, you know, speaking, which is another thing I was going to bring up. Cause like, even on cancel court, like the charisma that you have when you're speaking to the jurors, the judge and, and everybody watching and listening mm-hmm. also makes a difference. So like, if you get up there and you swab and they can see that you also know your shit like, even if they think the person is guilty or not, they're going to lean more towards you because they like you more. You know, the theatrics does make a difference. And if it's a robot that's just up there like, Your Honor, on June 3rd, 14th, at 2 p.m., my client says that he, like, that's going to be like, mm, I don't know. He probably guilty. I feel like that makes a difference. Like, that can help sway jurors based on how much theatrics you put in your argument or your defense i mean i mean think about how 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 badly that can go if you have if you can have a robot in your ear telling you what to say (laughs) because think okay so here's the craziest part the ceo the the dude browder he wants the robot to go to the supreme court to address hypothetical skepticism about the abilities and he tweeted, do not pay, we'll pay any lawyer or person a million dollars with an upcoming case in front of the United States Supreme Court to wear AirPods and let our robot lawyer argue the case by repeating exactly what it says. We have upcoming cases in municipal traffic court uh, next month, but the haters will say traffic court is too simple for GPT. So we are making this a serious offer contingent on us coming to a formal agreement and all rules being followed. Contact me if interested. A million dollars to let a robot uh, tell you what to say to the Supreme Court? That sounds like a setup. This is my thing. I I don't remember, like, after two lines, you're going to have to repeat it. And so I will start off my phone. <laughs> right. I'm like, <laughs> your honors, today I would like to make a claim that, repeat it, repeat it one more time. <laughs> And it's that, that damn lawyer lingo, too. Yeah. So you're just like, the what? Man, what once they start getting into the, the Latin, when they talk about the cases, as uh, case, yeah. versus in it. Oh, the Latin. Doing, uh, as set by Corpius, doing them. I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm out. You got to say that. <laughs> I tapped out at Latin, too. That shit is Oh, cool. man. It's Latin just like, bro, it. just bring the robot in here. Bro. Because I took Latin in high school, and I, I can't, I can't tell you anything. I, I can't. All the Latin that I remember is probably from movies, and it's because I've seen it multiple times, or it's on the back of a dollar. Whatever is on the back of the dollar, I can, I can get through. But all the other Latin, I'd be like, nigga, get out of here. Can you imagine if like robot lawyers becomes the move, and they start like letting out real niggas like Young Thug, just like really high profile cases. He, they start letting people out, and it totally backfires. On the law system, they just yeah. start getting it. They just he's just like a dope ass lawyer, and he don't see color. <laughs> you know what's crazy is is it's kind of what you said though. These these machines are most robots are driven on facts, right? They they it's very black and white. So that gray area is where they're going to, you know, have trouble. I think like in in a state where abortion is illegal. Right. But someone gets raped and during the rape, they get pregnant in a state where it's illegal. How do you fight that? Like, I don't want to have this baby because I don't want to remember or relive this this rape every time I look at my child's face. 
Right. Like that's an obvious case of gray area. Like how how would one of those robots deal with that, or would they just avoid those type of cases where you have to work and live in that gray area? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel like some of these a, a lot of a lot of these court cases need a human touch in some yeah. type of way. You know, whether it be compassion or just like you know knowing knowing the rules and knowing how to get somebody into a position that would be better because I, I just don't understand how some people can defend horrible things you know like yeah. if, if you know what really happened and you're just like still like yeah, that you gotta you gotta be different you definitely gotta Bro, be different when, I feel like when you're a lawyer you focus on your job not the right or wrong especially when you're a defense attorney you focus on the the job because their only job is not to well their job is not to prove that you're innocent per se. Their job is to create doubt. Right. Because when they when they are the jury goes back, they have to go and find you guilty without the consideration of a doubt. So long as you can create or establish some doubt, then you've already done your job. And as a as a as a lawyer, the higher the profile, the crazier the case, that's just more publicity for them. Like nobody's gonna be like, oh, you're the asshole defendant, such and such. The people that are gonna go to them are like, well, you're the person that got such and such off. I need your help. Right. So they go with it like that mindset. It's like, I'm here for this person. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I, I agree. I think attorneys should stay humans, but it's funny, people in the chat are talking about robocops. Now, <laughs> robo robocops might work in our, our favor. Because now that's something that it would be better if it was just purely facts. We would just mm -hmm. be random arrests and we'd be like, really? You could let us, you're letting us go? And he'd be like, why wouldn't I? It's like, oh, okay, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, it's like they don't see the whole, they would be totally non-racist. They would just be doing the law. And I well, feel like that was kind possibly, of But we don't know who's programming them. They could program them to racism. like, like, what is your ethnicity? And they say African-American. They could have a, something in place in the program like African Americans tend to be Aggression. more violent, tend to be more problematic, and so the robots gonna pull from that, and they might change the way that they interact with us too. We don't know. Like that, it, that's crazy. If you can make I mean, a racist robot, I just, I just I never put anything past anyone. Like nothing surprises me robot. except for like genuine displays of humanity and care. That shit surprises me. But like when some wild shit happens. Very rarely am I surprised because people will hack anything, bro. They be hacking these companies and releasing emails, all this type. It's like, what is what is that for, bro? Like, why why are you doing that? Right. <laughs> why are you showing them that there are holes in their their system, if not for a job? But isn't there a better way to do it than expose all of our our personal information? Right. Like, right. Just be like, hey, I found this hole. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just send it to them. Don't don't send it to everybody. Why is my shit on Twitter? I found a hole that could have done all of this horrible mm -hmm. stuff. He's like, no, I'm doing the horrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm 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 down with leaving uh uh the courtroom to the to the human beings. Mm -hmm. uh, have you heard about the Wells Fargo VP that uh, peed on a dude in the plane? Yo, bro, what? It, come on now, hold on. I didn't read the story, but I saw the headlines a couple of times because I was just like, that's just, it's no, I didn't read the story because I was like, there's no excuse for it. 
Like it's not like <laughs> not. you were you were running to the bathroom, you couldn't wait, you had already whipped it out, and you were just like, oh, I gotta go right here. Why on this person instead of the owl or something like that? That was just a, a gross display of disrespect. And people who have money feel like they they don't have to follow the same laws as people who don't have money because, like, why mm-hmm. would you do that? First of all, you're gonna do that on a commercial plane. That's some shit. It's wild wherever the fuck you at. But you right do like, oh, on a private jet, they get like, you don't do that on a commercial Southwest flight. You do it on a PJ, bro. Apparently, this right. Even that's even weird on a PJ. That's how you exactly. know exactly. Yes. <laughs> this nigga. Okay, his name is Shankar Mish Mishra who at the time served as vice president um, of the Indian subsidiary subsidiary of Wells Fargo. Uh, Man, he got a whole bunch of charges for this. Sexual harassment, obscenity, uh, insulting the modesty of a woman. Uh, That must be an Indian law. I've never heard that. (laughs) Insulting the modesty of a woman. America America don't protect women. So that that has to be an Indian law. That's that's a good law. Uh, The modesty. Insulting the modesty. I like how specific that is. Yeah. Um, but apparently he got really drunk, and uh, this is from JFK Airport to New Delhi, Delhi. Mm. Um, and he drunkenly stood up and just peed on a 72-year-old woman in the row ahead of him. The woman, who remains unidentified, immediately notified the flight crew about what happened and uh, appealed for a seat change. The crew told her they had no other available seats, and they refused to allow her to sit in first class which had some seats open. So they just basically told her to just sit there. And she said that uh, it was a two-hour flight. They tried to uh, clean the seat, which the woman said was still damp and reeking of urine. She refused to sit in the seat and insisted that police arrest the drunken passenger. Uh, Said he sobered up and insisted he speak with the woman, despite her insistence that she should not see or speak with him. Uh, he started crying and profusely apologizing to the woman and begged her not to lodge a complaint. Bruh, oh, this is far hey, past complaints. Let me tell you something. She finna own that airline. Ain't no way you're about to keep me in this seat around this a man? Seat. Are you serious? Made her sit and piss uh, instead of just t- letting her sit in first class, which already didn't have seats and like there's already somebody who doesn't didn't pay for that so no. it's like that's that's wild like he that, that first me. class shit they probably were like they probably were thinking they probably were just on some textbook shit if they don't pay for it they don't get first class unless they get bumped up and then right. they also probably were thinking like if we put her in first class she smells like pee she could that would be uh, great. annoy the other customers in first class that pay for this but it's like bro this is this is a cruel and unusual circumstance. You don't yeah. keep somebody in this. You do every, as a company, the employee should know you do everything to try to rectify this. So you look like saving grace in there. You look like the savior in there. We're going to take care of them. We're going to get this guy in the back, uh, put him in a bathroom until we land, whatever the fuck you got to do. But hey, you don't put, why didn't he there. switch him? Put him in the PC. He did it. He could have, she could have at least sat in his seat, a seat back. Oh, she finna get paid. That's insane. She finna get paid. That's well, crazy. Fargo, you the VP uh, of the bank? Oh, that's... You know what's crazy? Now Wells Fargo has to put out a, a, a statement. They're like, we don't even... We, we didn't even do But because you're associated with... Million millions, right. That's... 
That's crazy. That's, I mean, that's drunk. That is drunk. I, I want to say it was it was on it, it was on purpose that he just did that, bro. Yeah, because you don't shit. you don't break the seal and sober up that much, like on a two hour flight. You know, if you get on that shit plastered enough to pee on somebody, just no pee on somebody. You ain't gonna you ain't gonna sober up that fast, bro. That lets me know that like you knew you were a little aware of what was going on because ain't nobody sobering up that much. Like oh shit, I could go to jail. Right. <laughs> oh please don't. Damn. Please don't tell no logic and play. Motherfucker, are you out your mind? All my water play has to be consensual. Water play is horrifying. Water sport water sports is what they call it. Water sports. Ew. That's it really is, though. It really is. <laughs> and then the, <laughs> the fact that she's that it said that after he finished, she got up and went to go tell a, a flight attendant. It's like she just sat there, sat there and took it. It's like she might have been so shocked, like she was probably like she probably hit the button, like boom. <laughs> 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 uh, oh my god! Uh, here's the thing, the gentleman behind me. <laughs> the guys, any guys in that area that saw what was going on, for them not to get up and do something like to interject and and try to protect that woman, shame on you. Shame on you, man. This is an elderly woman, 72 years old. You see this guy's clearly not in his right mind and nobody did anything? Mm -hmm. That is shame on you, man. I'm one of those people, when I see people, especially women there in my section, they're walking by and they're putting their bags up, I always get up and try to help them. Sometimes I know I got it, but just the effort, the attempt to help, is like, man, this world is it's, it's bad, bro. <laughs> I, got, I, I, got, I do have a question, though. How how do you? Because I just went over a couple scenarios in my head. How do you stop somebody who's already peeing? Because if you push them, you you pee on multiple people with yeah. the spray. You know, you would have to literally guide his penis down, which you is gotta pinch a, it. You gotta pinch it off. Gross. It's it's that's a tough scenario to be in. Like, what? How do you even stop a drunk peeing man? Like, well, I mean, know? like. That's a that's a good that's a good point. And and a pee is not a long thing. It's not like something that went on for five minutes and everybody just sat around and watched. That's a that's a, a that's a big pee. thing. Yeah, but, but and then also like I'm I'm assuming I said that assuming that they saw and were aware of what was going on. If you're sitting in front of her, you got headphones on or you sleep, it's no way you could do that. So that might have been an unfair criticism that I said right there. But I'm sure somebody was there that saw what was going on and they just watched. Or put out their phone or some shit like that. It's like we as a as a as a humanity have to do better, man, at, at protecting each other. It's not like it's it's even beyond the black and white thing. It's just like as a human, bro. Like somebody should have said something. And that might take a second to process, also. Yeah. Just yeah, that's it. true. But then it's like you know, if you were watching the whole thing, that is a lot to not talk about because you saw him ruffle with his pants, saw the yeah. pee come out, saw the pee happen. Like that's you said, okay, I'll grab your joint to redirect it. If you're okay, but you're already getting peed on. But if you're trying to, you know, basically diffuse the situation, this is a mm -hmm. hostage situation. You know, she's peeing on one person, you push him, you tackle him, he peed on, he sprays the crowd. So yeah, do you do you sure. take the do you take the risk and do you go in and do you grab it and do you point it down? 
And you know, and that's a lot to process. Even that, like the the hand eye coordination that it would take to do that, and him possibly trying to fight you off, that is a lot to to try to you know grab oh, yeah. it and push it off. You are gonna get um, some on your knuckles. Yeah, the, the the best situation is just to spar to kick him, and you know apologize to the people that are in a splash area. But you just got to spar to kick him down on the ground, and then he pees on himself and on the floor. I like that idea because you, the the kick you you probably won't get peed. Oh yeah, yeah. You go. Oh, you got. I mean, you got the support of the chairs. You plant your hands and, and your foot, and you just kick the shit out of him. Oh man, the joy you gonna get from the kick alone is gonna be well worth the satisfaction. Damn. But then you might look like a guy who just sparta kicked somebody out of nowhere, and nobody saw the peeing thing, and they're just like, "Why would you do that? What? What? Well, listen, what? they ain't got to see it. When they see the old lady, they are gonna smell it. Right? The evidence is there. Proof is in the pudding. Uh, that 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 could go pretty, pretty pretty bad too. I would let it happen for a few seconds, be like, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, you guys see this? Hey, yeah, yeah." That, I mean, yeah, that that you know, obviously that I wouldn't so do it like story like, like, no. yeah, you know. But um, no, that's 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 probably that, one of the craziest plane stories that I've heard in a while. It seems like we've heard a lot of things happen. No, we we we've actually talked about a weirder plane story, but that's probably number two. Yeah. Um, Cause the guy masturbating yep. on the plane, that was four crazy times. Like that too. But that's that's he didn't throw it on her, you know what I mean? But it's still wild that he pulled it out. Like you couldn't still wait. And they said I think it was like an hour flight, hour hour and a half. Yep. <laughs> that was that was. I mean, he was, and he did it four times. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, um, he must, I don't know what he was on. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of wild shit going on in the sky, though, um, there was a pigeon with a meth backpack that was caught sneaking meth into prison into prison yards uh, by the prison guards. Uh, they're actually it's actually a pretty cool thing. He's a uh, here we go spreading them. Wait, wait, wait. There it is. Spreading the spreading the backpack open. But um, yeah, there was a pigeon that was located at the Pacific Institution inside inside the walls, and it appeared to have a small package, sort of like a backpack. Uh, and the official said, from my understanding, it was tied uh, it was tied to it in a similar fashion, like a little like a little backpack. Mm. They moved in. They had to corner it. And they said, you can imagine uh, how it would look trying to catch a, a, a pigeon. But they finally did, and it was meth. Courier pigeons has been a reliable thing for a long time, and apparently it's still going. But they got into drugs. Wow. That's, a, that's just, like, a, impressive. <laughs> that's so impressive. You got to just take your hat, hat off to shit like that every now and then. <laughs> it's, it's like, man, you 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 are you taught a pigeon to deliver drugs, bro. That is prison. That's that's new. That is that is just that's new. Ah. Again, if people use their powers for good, this world will be such a better place. You're already bridging the gap between the old and the new using the pigeon as a courier service. Why not? Why not use it for good? Why don't you get that pigeon to deliver some insulin? You know what I mean? Like some syringes. Like why are we doing like meth? It's just use your powers for good. Because <laughs> yeah, technology. 
That's true. Cause you just, you, you taught the pigeon to do all of that. It was somewhat successful until it got caught. And then the next thing that happened after that was you either did or sold meth. That's all. That's the only two things that happened after that. Either you just did that incredible stunt of nature and did meth or you just sold it and got a little bit of money, but that's, that's just not worth it. That seems like you could be doing a lot more cooler things. I would want snacks. I, I just, every day, something new, man. Every year the world advances and uh, yeah, man, I, I don't, I, I don't know what to say. That's so crazy. Out of all the stuff that you could do, now you're locked up. You can't spend none of your money. You can't do anything. You can't, watch football, anything like that, because, I mean, this is an exciting time, all right? The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, okay? An official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, to kick off the road to the Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a free no sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet, any team that you root for, whatever your team is, any NFL bet of your choice. And if it loses, you'll get a free bet it back up to $10. Okay. Free bet it back up to $10. Action so good. Why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? If you're big into sports betting, you know it. You know your team can do it and go all the way. Why not make some money while you're enjoying that football game in the comforts of your own home? All my Steelers fans, Cowboys fans, eh, I don't know why. It's been like 10 years. Uh, but regardless, I get it. The fandom, the support, the loyalty to your team. If you really believe in it, bet with DraftKings, okay? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code DIYS. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DIYS. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. It'll be right below what the topics are and everything on this episode. Oh, yeah. DraftKings is low-key so fun. I was doing... I was I was playing that and not really watching football like that. <laughs> I remember at the all deaf office, we were all playing fantasy football. I would just choose everything in DraftKings and then I would just like literally just not watch and then come back the next day and be like, oh, I, I, my team's killing it. Hey, <laughs> it's it's kind of like the lottery, you know what I mean? Especially if you don't watch right. it really like the lottery. You don't know if you're going to win it to the end and all of that. So mm-hmm. speaking of lottery, right now, uh, I think Super Lotto is over a billion dollars. That's insane. You know what's so crazy? I always think about like, uh, I talked about this before. I don't know if it's on this podcast or another podcast or what, but it would be great to win. But I don't know if I want all of that money because I don't know if I would still have the motivation that I have while I'm trying to get to where I want to be. Like if you, if you. Billion is just too much. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, you're not going to get a billion. After it's all said and done, you probably get like 500 million, which is still great. But I'm just saying like taxes mm-hmm. is going to be for real on that shit. But right. even with 500 million, it's still a lot of money. Are you going to be as motivated as you are right now? You're a creative. So I think that you're probably still put out music. You probably still do your sketches, but I don't know if you would feel the need to do it every day. The need would definitely go down, but I think that, Especially if if it came that sudden, I think 
people like us are, we would still do a lot of the things we want to do. Our resources would just be, we would just have to, we would skip the line in terms of like the waiting process and like the approval process. So mm-hmm. I, I do think that that, that would, that would be like a good thing, but I do think that that's also just too much money to just throw at a person. I feel like that's yeah. too, a billion is, is a lot. Like, I think that there should be just a shitload of small, like winning the lottery should be four or $500,000. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's like enough to change your situation, the people around you, and uh, I don't and know set, and because that four or five hundred dollars they're gonna tax that too, so you're not gonna get that unless it's set up in place to where you know, that's the max even after taxes. But if that's what you're gonna get after, yeah, taxes, I guess with taxes, walk away with like three hundred thousand and shit with taxes, yeah, more than that on their house, maybe a mil, like a million dollars, because mm-hmm. I feel like even after taxes, if you're if you're if it's something that you're you're playing de- lottery in terms of desperation, that would I feel like that would fix you fix your problem and if you're just playing it just casually i think that's like a good little chunk of change but everything after that i feel you're just that's a lot to put on people like there's like a huge suicide rate for lottery winners there's like like it should be some stipulations when accepting a certain amount of money like they should have a list uh provided to you for you of uh financial advisors Mm -hmm. um and i know that's not their responsibility but it's like you can't put out that disclaimer of like be responsible when gambling and giving people that type of money and not trying to provide them with some outlets too. Like, I feel like you should definitely have that and, and give them a list of uh, drug rehabs too, because you never know. Somebody that hit the lottery might be a meth addict. You know what I'm saying? They had an extra $2 played the lottery, you know, and now they're going to spend right. 500 million on meth. It's like, nigga, invest <laughs> that back in the community. Nigga, create some jobs or, or go vacation. What will be the first, what's one of the first your first five purchases with five hundred million? Let's go. Um, I feel like I would just clear any any debt or 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 financial issues that of the of my immediate family. I would I think I would just make sure that everybody's good and everybody's okay. like has 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 something to do at least the next thing. Uh, and then I feel like my second move would be investing. I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like putting it somewhere so it's not just like in my face, tempting yeah, yeah. me to spend, but it's also like somewhere that I can I can uh, benefit off of it. Um, and then I feel like I would sli- I would have a little bit like left for property and production. Yeah, yeah. And, and it would probably be the same thing. I would probably buy something for production purposes. Yeah, I definitely would do. A lot of those same things. Definitely make sure the family's good. Finally move my mom out the, the the spot she's in. She's been there for a while. And I've tried to like, me and my sister told my mom we'll get her a new place and we would pay the rent for six months. So she just got to worry about whatever she got to worry about. And she was like, I'm okay. I was like, you live in the hood. When I, when I go to St. Louis, I go pick my mom up and then we go somewhere. I don't ever just chill at her house. Like she live in the hood. Like she's still mm-hmm. in the St. Louis hood. So I would definitely, you know, take care of her on that tip. And I, I definitely would buy some property, like uh, investment property, but also like just, I would have a dope ass crib out in Joshua Tree. Dope ass crib. Like just as Why a Joshua, Joshua Tree. Because it's, it's a far enough getaway to where I don't feel like we're in a big city. Mm-hmm. It's quiet and reserved enough to where if I need to get away to like focus on work or a script or something like that, I can do that with very minimum interruptions. And then it's just a it's just a dope place to visit when 
you know, it's hot out there. I mean, when it's hot out, you got the pool and it's cool. You got the jacuzzi. You got mm. options. And, like, it's, it's, it's a small enough town where enough people wouldn't recognize me and I can actually chill, walk through the store, just get what I need. And, you know, without having to go to another state or out of the country or something like that. Not to say I'm not going to buy cribs in another country because I'm definitely getting a flat in London. You got your boy fucked up. London? Oh, yeah. yeah that's expensive. It's one of my favorite places to visit, though, man. I fucking love London, bro. Mm-hmm. Love it. Absolutely love it. Have a dope-ass flat out there. But, yeah, that, that investment properties and then buy something to where we can create a small studio where we can shoot at and, and also rent out the space for other people and all that type of stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely would do that. I mean, it's good to know that we would be smart. Yeah, <laughs> all that jury and all that shit, man. I don't, I don't need okay, that. I'm so know. thankful I don't have the mentality like I have to stun on niggas and shit on niggas like that. Like that just, it, it's, it's, un, it's super unproductive. And also, like, I feel like the same way I feel when you have a platform, you're, you should be responsible for not just entertaining people but educating them as much as possible. The stuff that you are well versed on. When you have that type of money, I feel like it's your responsibility not to like intentionally always shit on people. Having a nice car, a nice home, that's cool. If you want to show people, that's great and all that type of stuff. But like the constant reminders with jewelry and 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 just throwing money up in the air and all that shit. Just it's I know it seems like just studying and it seems harmless, but it's like to a motherfucker that has to decide next week whether they're gonna get a bus pass or they're gonna buy food, buy groceries. Like that's that's insulting. You know what I'm saying? It's not like your circumstances put that or affect their circumstances, but it's just like using decorum, man. Just like, just, I don't know. I just don't like that shit. I think it's hip hop culture though, too. You know? Oh, definitely. Like, definitely. Like, I mean, obviously the, the, the rapper and just like the, we, we just learn how to shit on the next person. But I think a big thing with, with hip hop culture, that's also a little poisonous is I, I think that we glorify having money at like, teenager 20s you know and mm-hmm. that's not only is that like very very you're very very lucky or hard to come by it's also not i don't think it's a very i think that's not like a good idea yeah <laughs> i think that we should i think that if it would be so much better if we glorified like grinding through your 20s and mm-hmm. then if you're lucky to to you know have money in in your 30s or your 40s or even your 50s you know and then how you can enjoy all those things after after the grind, but it's it's just it just sucks that our 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 culture makes it so like it's like if you're not a millionaire by 22, you fucked up, you know. And that's yeah. I think that's tough because you know there's a lot of things that I think about where I'm just like, man, if I was if I was 22 and I was in the same scenario, I'd be dead. <laughs> if I was dumb and like you know, there, there's too much. Too much freedom and too and and, and 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 there's a level of freedom and a level of access that it's yeah. just it, it, it you have to be ready for it. that's it's kind of like what I was talking about at the beginning of the show. Like I got an inheritance in 2010 and blew through that shit so fast. Didn't think about taxes because I didn't know about taxes. I didn't know about money, so I blew through that shit. And the first time I did taxes after that, I owed seventeen thousand. It was like God damn, how why? y'all know about this right no so it's like if you i'm in a place now a better place now financially sound to know what to do with that type of money and that's why i think we both are when you said investments like that's a, something else i would definitely do i have a crazy portfolio i've had a couple life insurance policy out on me and the family uh million plus 
Uh, I'd have, you know, different lines of, of, of credit for different businesses and things of that nature uh, because you know what to do with that money. But when you don't know what to do with that money and you come into it fast, you're, you're going to blow it. You're, you're going because you're going to think about all the stuff you've never had and you're going to just go out and just spend that. And then you're going to do it for your friends and family because you want them to enjoy it, too, which makes sense. But it's also like. What are you saving? What are you are you thinking about taxes? Are you putting time away for a rainy day? Yeah, 500 million is a lot of money. I get it, but all that money you spend, you everything you spend, you're gonna have to pay taxes on every year. You know what I'm saying? All the, even with the, the investment properties and the houses and stuff and the, that we, we want to get and acquire, gotta pay property tax on that. And you know what I'm saying? Like, so if you're paying two hundred thousand in property tax because you got all of these different properties and you're not like renting some out for an investment. That's all money that's coming from your savings. And after 10 years, you look up and now you only got, you know, 1.5 million or a million or less left because you weren't thinking about that type of shit. Is it that should have fucked with you? That's crazy. Yeah. A lot of people, I mean, we don't, they're right in the chat. You, we don't get taught financial literacy at all. You know, we just yeah. get we just get taught a weird gray area between get money and save your money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know I saw I mean? one school system was about to start implementing that in high school. I forgot where it was at, but they said they're going to start a financial literacy class course in high school for high school students. Uh, and I'm so happy. And I hope the rest of the country gets on board with that because I mean, we've all heard the, the, the stories that I went through it. You know, you get in college, you don't have any money. Bank of America is on your campus. They talk about sign up. They give you $200 or $500 to sign up and they'll give you a free credit card already loaded. And you did, you get that card. You don't read the fine print and realize that your APR is 18%. So now like true story, my little cousin, bless his heart, just got a Silverado Denali. He got the bells and whistles on the shit. Never asked for the APR. Right. He, I'm sorry, he, he, he got a credit card. He paid for the down payment on his credit card. Mm -hmm. Didn't know his credit card's APR. Now, <laughs> after two months, I think he might have put down like 1500 down. And after two months, is at like 5700 what he owes. And it's like, you didn't ask your APR? He's like, I didn't. I didn't. My, my sister asked him, like, what's your APR on your credit card? He's like, what's the APR? You don't know what you don't know. These people prey on the innocent and the the feeble and the ignorant and expect them to, to, to continually follow these financial pitfalls. And this is how you get in debt for the rest of your life. He traded in his car. He was already upside down on the car he traded in. So he didn't get enough to even pay it off. And he, he didn't have enough to really put down on it. But it's like they were like, oh, yeah, we, we got this sucker hook, line and sinker. So they're going to repossess the car probably. He ain't had it not even four months. So they put that right back on the lot and sell that to somebody else. And now he's in debt for the next 10 years. That's tragic. That's tragic. I mean, I I just I just straight up did debit until I was 30. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't right. even look because all I heard about credit cards was like how, how it could mess up everything and and I just didn't know if I was ready for all of that. So I just straight up did debit. And then when I, when, once I realized like, okay, rewards, and once I realized like rewards and like uh, memberships and all that kind of stuff, that's when I was like, okay, I'm doing enough of this stuff to start doing this. But I just played it safe. Just Man. debit. Now, Amex are getting niggas. Cause like, they'll give you a card. Even without the black card, you can get a card with, 
if you pay pay on time and all that shit, they'll just keep raising your limit every six months. And you'll look up and you got a $20,000 limit and they'll let you spend all that shit too. But with MX, they've changed a little bit, but still, like if you don't pay off the entire balance every month, that mm-hmm. interest goes to eight, 18%. So they'll give you all the money you want. They'll let you hang yourself. You know what I'm saying? Go buy that, buy that shit, baby. Have a good time. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you don't pay that shit back, maybe mm-hmm. 18% and higher. 18% is crazy. It Jesus is fucking Christ. insane. Jesus Christ. Fucking insane, bro. But, you know, financial literacy. Yeah. Right? Make a damn <laughs> rap song about it, somebody. <laughs> we need, you know what we need? We need another Schoolhouse Rock. I yeah, feel yeah. like if it wasn't for Schoolhouse Rock, I wouldn't know what the hell a conjunction was. I wouldn't care. Oh, they, they basically broke all that shit down to me. So yeah, they did. Financial junction or whatever. You know we love songs. People love songs, catchy things that they can remember and it helps people remember. So I feel like a lot, a lot, a lot of students would have did better in school had the curriculum and the lesson plan been somewhat formatted for that, like to, to sing a song and remember it. Because that's like when you try to remember a fucking formula, a math formula on a test, Mm-hmm. All right, is it, is it, but if you had a little, little jingle to go with it, man, oh, everybody getting A's, baby. We out here. All you need is just a little cute character. It can be a little credit card with a face instead of the bill. <laughs> it could be a credit card singing about APR. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a credit card with a high APR. <laughs> <laughs> Bars, nigga. We out here. All right, well, man, it's about that time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we appreciate y'all popping up, man, and having a good time with us as usual. Uh, I, as I said earlier, I got a crazy day, and I'm not even halfway done, so got to stick to the time limits on this one and the time constraints, man. But thank y'all so much for pulling up again. Scary Squad, we know you love y'all. Rewatch my shout-out to y'all as well, and everybody just watching and listening to the podcast out there. We genuinely, genuinely, genuinely appreciate you guys. You are why we do it and why we are able to do it. You guys listening and watching every week. Uh, also, happy new year for those that, that didn't hear last week. Happy new year to you guys. Uh, 2023, man, it is what you make it, you know, it is what you make it. it and you have not faced any objective that was bad enough or, 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 or so horrible enough that you were not able to make it through because you're still here right now. So long as you're still here, still, still fighting, keep going, sending you guys all the positivity that we possibly can. As always, I'm to hear more. I'm Patrick Cloud. We'll see you next week on another episode of Damn Internet. You scary. Peace, guys. Later, guys. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. 
Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. <laughs> 